word epic conjures images with ease. An armada of great ships sailing into war, bloody battles with monsters and mortals, elves in their forest castles and dwarves in their underground fortresses. Too rarely does the word epic become linked with intimacy, with deep and personal histories, and with conversation, a result of centuries of European whitewashing of storytelling. Come break those molds with Temujin, right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hello, and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez-Collins. You might recognize the name Temujin by his other name, Genghis Khan, Emperor of the Mongol Empire. And if you find yourself overly familiar and very bored with epics like the Iliad, the Odyssey, and Beowulf, then this is the fault of, again, the whitewashing of academia and media. Because if anyone were to have his own epic saga, it would be Genghis Khan. This tale, The Secret History of the Mongols, is the oldest surviving work in the Mongolian language. It was written for the royal family after Temujin's death, containing an extensive genealogy and a description of Temujin's life and the creation of the Mongol Empire under his command. It's a majestic work of literature, a treasure trove of information on language, culture, and history, and unique in its linguistic value. Of course, when I say Mongolia, what image do you conjure? Is it Shan Yu from Disney's Mulan? Is it an old-school 1960s Genghis Khan with a long mustache and a goatee and rampant bloodthirst? Contrary to how Hollywood has stereotyped the portrayal of Mongolians in film, the secret history of the Mongols spends a lot of time alighting over battles and conquests. It doesn't revel in the bloodshed, nor the action. Instead, it spends its time deep in conversation with Temujin, with his family, with the people who knew him and those who were his rivals. It spends most of its time in close dialogues, the telling of history, and scenes better suited to a strummed instrument rather than a beaten drum. This Temujin that you are about to hear is an adaptation of that epic, having found it beautifully suited to audio. It is careful about its approach to representation, no tortured Hollywood so-called Mongolian accents here, and to honesty, to the reality of a man who did lead armies to conquer places and people. Turn down the lights. This is Temujin, Act One. Temujin, an audio drama. Act 1 
Listen, the meat's good. Tell me it isn't from their camp. A herd that large. No one's gonna miss one or two. Stolen sheep? <laughs> Stolen sheep? Oh, you can't help yourselves, can you? I'm sorry, Ohan, if we... Who else is eating stolen sheep, huh? Who's slaves? Yours, maybe, if we could get to cooking it. I'm sorry? If you want us to cook the meat, just say so. Want who to cook, exactly? Us, him and me, your loyal slaves. No, 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 no. Not slaves. Not anymore. Remember, you are... You are... The Guardsmen of the Gurhan. The Guardsmen of the Gurhan! Innermost circle of our resurgent empire, huh? And you treat that as the honor it is! If you had any sense in that vacuous dome of a head... Vacuous dome? What? Uh, let it go. Shall I prepare a stew? No! Let's starve to death. At your own pace. Bloody feast you brought back. Almost enough for two. It's all I could manage. You know that. I miss milk. Seen any mountain cows? I don't think anyone ever has. Well, here's the trick. You'd smell it shit before you see it. You could start a farm. Mountain milk to go with the stolen sheep. <laughs> Ooh. Whip up some curd for the summer too. I've made my decision. Let's hear it. I'd rather toil for the guy who owns one cow than royally guard the Khan that treats me like one. Ah, but you're forgetting his resurgent empire. How could I forget? He won't shut up about it. I'm telling you, this, this is why I keep my distance while I'm keeping him safe. A passing gazelle might impale him in the knees, but that's just the risk I'm willing to take. Look, he may be miserable. Like sad? No, like pathetic. So sad. He would be better off dead. Ah, okay. But we're still his slaves, you know? Wonder what that makes us. <laughs> oh, I know I'm a slave. I also know I'm a piece of shit bandit. And I'm okay with that. But that guy, a piece of shit bandit who thinks he's a god, tell me what that makes him. Our master, still. What was the herd like at 
Genghis Khan's. It was like plucking raindrops from a cloud. Scanning for threats in his mouth now, are we? Mouths can be plenty threatening. Have you smelled yours? It was only a minute of talking. Men are killed in seconds. Sure, maybe. Any of us could be killed in seconds. But, see, that's the thing. Hey, it's fine. Please, go on. And you. Why don't you go watch the stew? Yes, Ohan. I'm going to be honest with you. I expect nothing less. We've been on this mountain clearing for two whole seasons now, and I don't know about you, but I haven't seen anything more threatening than a goat look our way. And we can see everything from up here. You're saying I have nothing to worry about. I'm saying we can afford to relax a little. Because we're safe. Far as I can see. And you can see everything. That's right. You've shown me something important. Just the truth. That's all. All this time, stuck in my own head, buried in this deep and all-pervading sense of dread. And where has that gotten us, huh? Worked up over nothing? Farewell, anxiety. So long, stress. Up here, just the three of us. No harm could ever come our way. Wait, Jamuk, what are you... Ah! My foot! You shot me in the foot! Oh no! Why? You're not leaving your post again, are you? Guardsmen of the Gurhan! No one calls you that anymore, Jamuk! Well, if you're not my guardsman, why you're just an unclaimed slave! I could stick another one of these between your eyes. Wouldn't even count as a killing, would it? Gurhan, please. You're still... Let me... Oh, let me take a look at that. Ah! No one should have to eat like this. Live like this. You're right. When did he die? Before he was killed. And what did they call him? Gurhan. That's what he called himself. Jamuk the Wise. Ironically. What did they call what him? What will they call when him? When did he die? He's getting up. Should I hit him again? We're already here. I think it would help. How? It would make me feel better. How was the trip for you? Bumpy ride? I don't know where you brought me. Ooh, which one of us gets to tell him? Go ahead. You're at death's door, Jamuk. See? We had this brilliant idea. My idea. There was this brilliant idea to chuck you to Chinggis Khan when we'd had enough of you. And in return for our kind service... So, this is his camp. Grand up close, isn't it? I mean, it's no mountain clearing, but you can see the appeal. What are you waiting for then? We've spoken with one of the night guards. Chinggis Khan himself will be out shortly. These are your final minutes, Jamuk. Gurhan. You will refer to me as the Gurhan. Really? Ah, here he is now. Sir, great Han. This is the guard, remember? Oh, did you bring Genghis Khan? Genghis Khan is not to be brought. But 
I've learned he's not available tonight. Busy with Borte, is he? The Queen has an empire to run. She's far from here. Oh, she and I are on a first-name basis. Could you tell us where he is? I'm not at liberty to say. What he's doing, at least. Irrelevant. I should think this is important enough to warrant the Han's attention. Taking that as a compliment. Do you even know where he is? Be assured he'll hear of this at dawn. The prisoner isn't going anywhere until then. You. Are you who they say you are? That depends on who they say I am. Enemy of all Mongols, the coward Jamuk. Gurhan, guys! Is that really so hard? Huh. Incredible. You, know, you hear so much. More malice than man. A monster. Here you are. Drawing staggered breath. Soft eyes flitting about tiny little things. You're fragile. I am honoured to hold you for your reckoning, Jamuk the Gurhan. It comes long overdue. Question! Can we watch? Don't push it. I'll need Genghis Khan to verify his identity at dawn. We assure you, this is him. On our lives! Well... If you're lying, you'll be put to death, the same as any other bandit. If we're telling the truth, then you'll have done us a great service. And we won't be put to death? I can't guarantee that. Do you have a place for us to stay, at least? It took everything we had getting here. There's no room left in the camp for guests. But I'll allow you the use of my personal gear. Thank you. Don't get your hopes up. It's nothing special. Got a roof? Of course. Special enough for us. Just get your sleep. You'll be woken for the hearing. Yes. Rest in peace. The both of you. It's a shame. I expected more. Never expect anything, boy. You'll be happier for it. The last hours of your life, and you'd spend it playing the fool. Oh, no. I'm dead serious. Grave. I get it. It hasn't sunk in yet. What, will your 13 armies burst out from the horizon, armed to the teeth, ready to fight at the heart of the Mongol Empire? Let's see. No, that's right. The last and most loyal men you had left you to die at my feet. The only threat to me out here is the mosquito buzzing around your ear. No more jokes. By sunrise, I'll have command over you and all your men. By the end of the next day, I'll have land of my own. Not sure where yet. Hey, how's the soil where you're from? Half a year on that mountain drove you mad. Quite possibly. Terribly long time to spend away from the people who love you most. Your wife. <laughs> Your Han. Nonsense. I'm his only friend, you know. You were at war with him for 20 years. And we were sworn brothers twice that long. The war was what it was. Tribal politics, competing interests, external pressures. That's all done now. You lot won. The world is yours. 
What remains is between me and him. And you believe he'll spare you? More than spare? Johan loves me. He always has. As a boy, I taught him how to play and how to kill. As a man, I taught him how to rule. Wherever he takes aim, my hands pull back the string. When he issues a law, it's my words from his mouth. I know you people revere him like a god. So how do you address the maker of makers, huh? Not the best start. Really? You don't think I'll shoot? You can't. N not here. Why not? Genghis Khan... Isn't here. Oh, so you'd kill me in the name of a Han you don't respect? You were right earlier. I revere him. I know all his laws by heart. Stealing, death. Adultery, death. Spying, death. Loyal officers who fail in the line of duty. Even them, death. His verdict is a formality. Jamuk the Gurhan. You're already dead. You don't look so sure of that. If what you say is true, if, if there's even the slightest chance you'd survive the morning. You wouldn't dare. Even if he couldn't bring himself to kill you. I bet your corpse wouldn't faze him in the slightest. Oh, but you're not doing this for him, are you? I'm doing this for every Mongol family you've torn apart. Every family? Now, now, what is it you think I've done to you? Think? Ah! What I think, what you think, none of that matters. With your death... Your history dies with me. History? That's your best defense. Let's bring thought back into the picture. For just a moment. I don't owe you anything. But you have nothing to lose. Kill me now, you have your corpse. Kill me just before the sun rises. You will have your corpse and more. What, what more? Do I have your attention? You have a moment's curiosity. Whatever else you think of me, I've been around since the beginning. The very beginning. Before your god Han, before your empire, before anything mattered to anyone. I was there. You think I'd believe your stories? You don't know any others. I know the ones that matter. Listen, I'm fresh out of plans. As you like to say, I don't have anything left, do I? Except my stories. And those would die with me. As perhaps they should. You could be the judge of that. Fine. You have until sunrise. The night's just begun. And, well, I could use the entertainment. How very generous. Now, I just need to... <sighs> do, you, do you have any cloth I could use to clean this up? Yes. Yes, I do. Go on, then. Tell your story. Fine, fine. Just sit down. 
And I'll need you to close your eyes. You're joking. It's an exceedingly visual story. It won't have the same punch otherwise. This story of yours, it's set on the steps? Of course. So flat land, the occasional hill, sky as far as the eye can see. I think I'm good. It's not about the... You'll see for yourself if you just close your eyes and listen. Please. You try anything. I'll know. Sure. One clean shot right through the head. Are you listening? Good. I'll start from the beginning. This was Act 1 of Temujin, an audio drama, written, directed, and composed by Roshan Singh, with sound design and audio engineering by Nathaniel Ma. This episode featured Aditya Karkara as Jamuk, Andrew Kwan and Kevin Lowe as The Slaves, and Vivek Ganesh as The Guard. Our executive producer is Amabold, and our producers are Kodze Hao and Emma Grimley. Temujin, an audio drama, was made possible with the generous support of Yale and U.S. College, the Mongolian Embassy in Singapore, Creatives in Spirit, and all of our crowdfunding backers. Acts 1 through 3 are already available wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for the release of Act 4 on February 7th, followed by Act 5 on February 14th. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, Follow us on Facebook at Temujin, an audio drama. Yamaka is a wonderful perspective to take on Temujin's life. The writer of The Secret History is anonymous, but the approach podcast writer Roshan Singh has taken here grounds both the audience and the storytelling. Now he'll take us back to when Yamaka first met the man who would become his enemy in Act Two. Temujin, an audio drama. Act Two. Are you listening? Good. I'll start from the beginning. I was born to respectable parents in the Jadaran tribe. In the days when the conditions of one's birth meant anything, from the very beginning of my life, I was driven to prodigious achievement. Other Jadaran children mastered horseback riding by the age of four. I did so by three and could have done it faster. But you didn't. Were it not for the limitations of my still infantine stature. <laughs> baby limbs. I had baby limbs, yes. But I had something no other baby had, or might ever have again. Ambition. Yes, that fire, burning, unquenching, a quality not of this world. It singed my flesh as I slept 
sizzled away at every dull moment, as if to instruct me, never idle, never waste, never for the rest of your life can you let any moment pass you by, for you are the rare creature for whom work is rewarded. Religious experience? Dream of grandeur? What difference does it make? I heard it loud and clear, this call to arms, and I threw myself into the pyre of excellence. Yes, I can see that. You're the very picture of excellence. Mine was an excellence that you, in your idler times, may no longer understand. Do you want to tell this story? Not quite as desperately as you do. Carry on. But I was so enjoying your interruptions. Do you want to continue or not? A complete history of the steps that raised me. Endless wars between infinite tribes over our unhappy cohabitation in the greatest expanse of land in the world. We raided as often as we traded, often in immediate succession. By eight, I had made an art of killing. By twelve, I led men twice my age into raids. And by comparison, the boys I'd grown up with had just discovered the joys of riding up and down the same hills over and over and over again. Thrilling. It began to feel as if this fire was as much a blessing as a curse. It illuminated the dullness that choked the air around me, a resignation to everything, to the damned hills, to defeat, to victory, to the mere facts of life and death. If any of this could be called a life. No, I became certain of this. That would not be my life. I became a connoisseur of differences. In my position of increasing power and influence, I had the luxury to do so. The boys my age went left, I went right. While they played, I worked. And when they ran to their hills, I retreated to the forest. Isn't it something? Tall, wisp-like trees, blanket, what little remains of the horizon? Here, unlike the nothing-filled plains, there was mystery. A rustling to your right? A deer? A bird catching flight? You'd never know. And in keeping with the spirit of the place, I never came to do the same thing twice. Sometimes I hunted. Others I hid. Always relishing in the supreme delight that is the element of surprise. Keep running, boar! You're gonna tire yourself out eventually. And when you do, I, I'll, I'll rip you apart, you hear me? I'll roast you alive! I'd never met anyone else here, let alone a boy my age. No older than 16. Still hidden, I engaged him. 
Boar, excuse you. Who's there? Who's there? Are you a bandit? I don't see anything worth stealing. Are you mocking me? That depends. Were you threatening me? No, I'm hunting. Don't tell me. Hunting men? No, boar. For sport? For my starving mother. How old are you? I'm a man. Small man to be providing for a family. Show yourself. Why should I? Because I'm no threat to you. And if there's anything you wanted, you'd have already taken it. And what is it you think I want? If you've had your fun, I have work to do. Yes, the boar. Did you see it? I'm guessing it saw you. It's long gone now. Damn it! First time hunting. Is it that obvious? Not many seasoned hunters use their whole palm to shoot an arrow. Who taught you to hold a bow? My mother was going to. She's been busy. Ask someone else in your tribe. Not an option. Are you that shy? I don't have a tribe. Your father? Dead. An older brother then. If you'll excuse me. Excuse I... you to do what? Say you find the boar, deer, antelope. What then? I shoot the thing, obviously. Oh, really? Show me how. See? No, 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 no. Put that away. You're going to hurt yourself. I don't have a choice. I have to do this. What's your name? Temujin. I'm touched, Temujin. As your luck would have it, I'm also very bored. You strike me as someone in need of instruction. I could be wrong. Please. Please. I'll hear it. First. May I? Just three fingers. See? Simple. Okay. Second, you can't just scramble about the forest screaming at your prey. Look around. What do you see? Trees. Tree cover. If you move unseen, your target is defenseless. And then I shoot. Slow down. There's the matter of positioning. Ideally, you want to be behind them. And then? And then you stay calm. That's crucial. Otherwise, you end up firing all over the place like an idiot. I get it. I get it. Huh. Calm. Hold your left arm steady. Draw back with the right. Three fingers. Straight back. There's your kill. A lot harder in practice, especially if you've never killed before. Do you hunt here too? When I feel like it. I'd never be in a place like this if I didn't have to be. Now, I've really got to... Go hunt your boar. Try not to let it hunt you. <laughs> I will. And if you survive, I take it you'll hunt here again? It's safer than doing it out there. Maybe next time you'll manage to catch me off guard. Oh, yeah? What then? Uh, I get another hunting lesson? If you win. All right. All right, you're, you're on. Um, Jamuk. I'll see you around, Jamuk. 
but you won't see me. Could I have known even then, from the fire in his eyes? Could I have seen Chinggis Khan in Temujin? Is that why I sought him out? Rather why I let him seek me out? Week after week, month after month? Why he and he alone held the distinguished privilege of being called my friend? No, of course not. All the fire in the world couldn't have changed his wretched lineage. Not in the days where that meant everything. Still, I hunted with him until he became possible at it. And, of course, we played. I may have lied earlier when I told you I never came out here to do the same thing twice. You have all the subtlety of a stray cow. <sighs> Come on. That's one game you've lost already. And we've barely just begun. Did you remember your knuckle bones? Yeah, here. <laughs> Whoa! When's the last time you washed them? Yeah, well, where's yours? Wow. They're white. You know what? Let's swap. Why? I want you to know how it feels to play with a clean, well-kept set. Exactly the same? No, not exactly the... What hole did you crawl out of? Look, with good pieces, every action is smoother, more efficient. When you palm them off the ground, even the way they clatter in your hands is different. Can you hear it? May I? They're all yours. Good luck getting the grime off. It's stuck pretty deep to the bone. No need to go through all that trouble. After all the fuss you made about washing them? There's more white pieces where those came from, Temujin. You grime those ones up, I can have replacements ready within the day. Oh. Listen carefully. This is important. If you're playing to win, bring your best pieces and toss the rest. Or I could just clean them. Why bother? I've had the set for a while. Sure smells like it. How long? Since before. Ah. Who gave them to you? My father. I was going off on a journey to stay with this girl he wanted me to marry. Porte. I must have been eight years old. So was she. You would have liked her, Jamuk. I'm sure. She was smart. Smarter than me, that's for sure. How long did you have before? Uh, a year. She probably has her own family now. I'd like to know more. Uh, believe me, so would I. About your exile, I mean. It doesn't matter now. No point dwelling. That's a mature way of looking at it. I am mature. I have to be. Do you trust me, Temujin? I spend more time with you than anyone. And I you? But that's not a yes. 
What do you want, Jamuk? Tell me, what do you know about my life? Uh, you're from the Jataran tribe. Uh, they're powerful. You're powerful. And? And you spend all your free time in the forest? <laughs> That's all I know. That's all there is to know. I am a simple man, Temujin. The course of my life runs straight and shallow. What you see is all there is. But you, you on the other hand. What about me? You are my closest friend, perhaps my only friend. And I know nothing about you, apart from the fact that, that you're suffering. Well, that's not for you to fix. But I can help, if you let me. You really think so? If all the earth sets itself against you, Temujin, I shall raise an army to rend mountains and shatter the plains. <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking. I'm an open book. And you know I can't read. I have nothing to hide from you. Neither do I. Of course not. Well, then? Where would I even begin? Your feelings. Tell me how you feel. Hungry? No, you... A strong feeling. Your strongest one. I don't know. What's yours? Mine? I am a moderate man. I don't do strong feelings. <laughs> well, then I don't either. Of course you do. Look at the state of your life. It's... It's... It's what? Finish that thought for me. Really? I'm not speaking until you do. All right. All right. It's... It's miserable. Isn't it? I can see that. Of course I can see that. For reasons entirely beyond my control, my life has escaped me. And how do you feel about that? Like, I could tear into this tree with my fists until they were nothing but bloody stumps. Snap every arrow in that quiver into splinters, one by one, just for the feel of it. So, angry. Angry doesn't begin to cover it. Hate. What do you hate? What's not to hate? I could count every decent person I've ever known on one hand. And as for everyone else, take my mother, Oilun. After all, that's what my father did. Took her straight from the love of her life, on her way to get married. Were you hit? Oh, then you're bleeding. I'll survive. You need to run. The big one just got off his horse. I'm not leaving you to them. If you miss me, marry someone with my name. If that's not enough, here, give her my shawl. If you stay, he's going to kill you, or worse. Yeah, well, I refuse to let that happen. I'll hurry up. I'm going to come back for you. I swear it. I'll be waiting. He didn't. I was aiming for him, not you.
you will learn to love me. This is how I entered the world. A man with the power to do as he pleased, and he's far from the only one. How many tribes are there on the steppes? How many million pretenses for raids, for revenge? All we know are the senseless rhythms of violence, which came back around for my father in the end. <coughs> when I was ten, he was poisoned, over battles long since lost and won. To make matters worse, my father's tribe, all our blood relatives, disowned us on the spot. Said my mother was weak without him, too many children. In the end, it was family that left my mother to rot on barren soil, left to die. I refuse. She saw to it that that didn't happen. Now, for all the injustice my mother has weathered, the greater evils she's resigned herself to, do you know what our greatest threat is right now, Jamuk? Boylan? Yes, Begder. How's your hall looking today? There should be just enough for everyone. Very good, Oylan. The work you do for this family, it's something else. Well, I'm getting older. So are you boys. I'm the family head now, Oylan. Don't talk to me like I'm your son. Of course. Forgive me. I know where your respect lies, but you'll have to do a better job keeping your boys in check. Why? What's wrong? Your eldest. Temujin. He's stingy with the meat he brings back. I don't understand. Is he falling behind? He's not a terrible hunter, but he needs to learn to give me what I ask for when I ask, instead of mouthing back about fair or unfair. I won't tolerate anything less than total submission. Not when our lives are at constant risk. These are dire times, Oilen. Remember that dire times often call for dire measures. Distribute what's left among your children. Yes, Victor. Temujin. It's the same speech every time. All we have to do is survive this, please. That's all I'm asking. We can't do that at each other's throats. Not when everyone outside this family wants us dead. Like family still means anything to her. You think I can't see what your half-brother is doing? I know, cruelty son, I've shared a bed with it. But survival has nothing to do with righting every wrong you see. And I need you alive, Temujin. Do you understand? I refuse to lose you, any of you. But if you insist on making enemies out of family, the only friend you'll have left is your own shadow. I don't know what to tell you, Jamuk. I don't see a cause to my life like you do. When I think about my future, I see either death or total submission. I couldn't tell you what scares me more. You don't deserve this. Any of it. 
when I look for someone to blame, it's more than my half-brother or my father or the men who killed him. I mean, that was cruel. All of it. But it happens all the time. Cruelty is the way things are. Then it's simple. We change the way things are. What? Just like that? Do you realize who you're speaking to? I thought so. Remind me? Within the decade, I'll have all of the Jadaran tribe at my disposal. We can't talk about this like it's another game, Damok. I've never been more serious in my life. With this passion of yours and my might, we could wage a war to end all wars. Unite every tribe under one banner. No more raiding, no more violence, no more cruelty. Imagine it. My passion isn't very much to bring to the table. Now who's joking? This hate of yours, that'll be our secret weapon. I've never seen anything like it, not in people thrice our age. It's why I'm proud to be your friend. In fact, what do you know about Anders? Sworn brothers? My father had one, I think, some Christian Khan. I know you have your misgivings with family, Temujin, but this is different. This is a choice. Yours. I'd like us to become Anders. What would that take? Just two things. An exchange of gifts and of blood. And that's all? That's all. Well, we've already exchanged knuckle bones. Yes, yes, but we can do better. We're men, Temujin, honoring a commitment to fight with each other for the rest of our lives. Our gift should reflect that. Well, the only other things I own are my bow and arrow. That's perfect. Do you know what this is? An arrowhead with a hole in it? Does it fly faster? Does it fly faster? No. It's a whistling arrowhead. Fire it from your bow and it lets out a piercing scream. All I have are these regular old arrows. That'll do nicely. So long as there's no grime I'll have to wash off later. <laughs> Minimal. I promise. All right. Follow my lead. Your turn. It's done. You'll save that arrowhead for something special, won't you? I'd hate to see it wasted on a forest boar. <laughs> I promise. The day's getting late, Temujin. You'd best get back to your hunt. I was planning to. Jamuk? Yes? Thank you. Go get some good, clean kills for your mother. Let the boars and the deer and all those undeserving of life tremble at your name, Temujin. <laughs> you too, Jamuk. I stayed in the forest till sunset trying to burn off this abundance of energy, this feeling, 
What was this? I had worked hard, yes, trained with the finest teachers and secured my standing with the leaders of my tribe. But how was it that this dead boy had more life in him than me? How is it that I came to envy him? I, who had been given everything before I knew to ask. Was that it? His struggle? He needed to fight. He radiated purpose. Whereas I needed nothing. I had hated nothing, except perhaps that dullness, that resignation to everything. And the shine in his eyes revealed the dullness in mine. How could I have explained this to him, the exiled orphan? How could he have understood the luxury of self-hatred? I might have found time to try, but when I returned to my camp later that night, I was greeted by embers and the familiar stench of death. Instantly I recalled that wicked thought where I had envied Temujin's wretched lot in life. How quickly I had been answered. It had to be punishment. He and I were to be equal in orphanhood. The elders told me it was a routine raid. The Merkid, or perhaps it was the Tatars, no one knew for sure. My parents were butchered the ordinary way, pierced through repeatedly by archers on horseback. In that moment I could feel Temujin's hatred stoke my own. Ordinary, was it? Regular fashion, the savagery? My parents were good people, if uncomplicated. They knew their singular purpose in life was to instruct me in the way of striving towards the mastery of our tribal systems. And so I set at once to work. I conducted regular raids on both the Merkid and the Tatars. Me, a teenage boy with a legion of Jadaran troops who honored my vision, my blood, my absolute right to lead. Every passing victory solidified that. Weeks like this bled into months. I missed my forest, but I knew, I knew Temujin would have been proud of me. He'd have done the exact same if he could. This was the fight, our fight. This is what I'd sworn we would do. The war to end all wars began with such promise. I alone at its helm. I returned to the forest eventually, hoping to extend the same hand I had cut open for him. I scoured the place alone at first, then with a small division of my men. His campsite, recently abandoned, there was a corpse rotting by the fire. A well-fattened, poorly dressed corpse, only slightly older than myself. I knew instantly who this was. The arrows that littered his back told quite the story. Here, by the fire, sat Bector, 
Temujin's tyrannical half-brother. He was seated cross-legged, eating, perhaps, or meditating. Temujin stalked him from behind, bow-raised, approaching silent, just like I taught him. But his aim was all over the place. So many shots, none of them lethal. His brother showed no signs of resistance, but that didn't stop Temujin. He let loose one arrow, then another, then another, until he had butchered his older brother. Ah, but this one! My whistling arrowhead jammed deep inside his brother's spine. And here I had feared I was waging our war alone. Temujin was toppling tyrants in his own way. He had claimed mastery over his small tribe, just as I had my own. And here, with this, he had left me a message. Abandoning all doubt, I set myself back to our great work with the faith that somewhere on these untamed plains, Temujin was doing the same. This was Act Two of Temujin, an audio drama, written, directed, and composed by Roshan Singh, with sound design and audio engineering by Nathaniel Ma. This episode featured Aditya Karkara as Jamuk, Vivek Ganesh as the guard, Ziad Bagrib as Temujin, Bettina Chua as Oilun, Kevin Lowe as the fiancé, and Scott Chua as Yesuge and Begter. Our executive producer is Amabold, and our producers are Kodza Hao and Emma Grimley. Temujin, an audio drama, was made possible with the generous support of Yale and U.S. College, the Mongolian Embassy in Singapore, Creatives in Spirit, and all of our crowdfunding backers. Acts 1 through 3 are already available wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for the release of Act 4 on February 7th, followed by Act 5 on February 14th. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, follow us on Facebook at Temujin, an audio drama. If you loved what you heard, come back next week for my conversation with Roshan Singh. We'll talk about racism and storytelling, epic sagas and history, and really big birds. We run Radio Drama Revival on a bit of a shoestring budget. If you'd like to help keep us afloat and featuring new, diverse, unique fiction podcasts and their creators, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. Other than Patreon, you can also support Radio Drama Revival by buying merch at our shop at radiodramarevival.com slash shop. You might be able to hold a quiver of arrows in one of those tote bags. And now we bring you our moment of will. Psych! Fred here. Sorry. No will right now, but I do have some adorable sounds of baby goats. That means it's 
it's time for the credits. This episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, which is the unceded territory of the Chinook Indian Nation, the Cowlitz Indian Tribe, and the Clackamas Tribe. If you are seeking ways in which to donate to Native communities, the Aniwa Gathering of Elders and the Boa Foundation are raising community relief funds for six reservations, the Oglala Lakota, Hopi, the Nape Ramapo, Pachi, the Navajo, and the Toano Odham communities. You can donate at www.gofundme.com f support indigenous communities in USA. The link will be in our episode description. Our theme music is Reunion of the Space Ducks by the band Kylo Kaz. You can find their music on Free Music Archive. Our line producer and associate interviews producer is Will Williams. Our senior interviews producer is Eli Hamada McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our researcher is Heather Cohen. Our social media manager is Ann Baird. Our submissions editor is Rashika Rao. Our executive producers are Fred Greenhouch and David Reinstrom. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez Collins, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers, welcome. Welcome.